Hello and welcome back to another episode of our faith-based marriage secrets, Marriage from the Secret Place. I am Caitlin. I am Aramis. And I am looking for marriage from the secret place. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I meshed the two uh, Yeah, you did. Because it, it's been up, it was up there for the whole <laughs> time. Yeah, 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 yeah. we just changed time. it. We just changed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah. we are back and we are jumping right back into what we were discussing last week. Well, well. We're starting actually, a new section. Actually. Oh, I need to. A... Go ahead. We're starting a whole new subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about. I'm great at my job. <laughs> marriage. <laughs> God's mechanism <laughs> of empowerment. Mm. And um, it's something that we started talking about last night in one of our heroic husband's huddles. And uh, we kind of picked That's up on it. Um, That's why I was like continuing because y'all just said that. Yeah. We started last night and we're continuing right. it. But yeah. Oh, that's why you get to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, um, we, we, we want to, and we actually start, kind of got into that this morning uh, in our Coffee in the Morning Club. And so um, I was kind of um, thinking ahead already, kind of where I wanted to go with it. And, 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 and represent is what I wanted. I want to use that word represent marriage from God's perspective. Like that, to me, that that's one of the biggest problems or deficits that we have in society. No, bag society, in the body of Christ. Right. Is God's perspective on marriage. Like I would, if we could take a poll and really ask husbands and wives their perspective on whether or not they see marriage as an empowerment mechanism, Mm-mm. as an opportunity. Like, I, I, I didn't know marriage and never saw marriage from that perspective. I don't know if you guys have ever thought or saw marriage from the perspective of, as a husband, I get to empower. Right. I get to empower my wife, my children, like, <clears throat> like other husbands, mm-hmm. otherwise, I get to empower, right? It's, it's, a, it's an empowerment position. Is not a position to lord over people, right, right, and that's not that's not so. Religion religion teaches more about the role of a husband, you know, being the head, right, mm-hmm. and the woman being, you know, whatever they say, the neck, or you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff, right, and that's that's cute. You know, but but I like how you said it. That's cute. <laughs> but it's cute. <laughs> you you completely miss. The, the the bigger picture, which is it's it's never been about, you know, specifically each individual role. It's been about what marriage is built to do with those two people being one. Mm. Right. And and so, you know, when, when you try to again, going back to what you said last week, when you try to make marriage or or even the faith life about Teaching the old, the, the old, the dead man new tricks, <laughs> and expecting him to be able to roll over and, and sit and do all that, like it's not gonna it work. work. It's it not is. gonna work the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. you said this before too. It, it'll work to a degree, but yeah. you'll never be able to live in the fullness that God intended for. Right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And when you when you give people God's perspective of a thing, the Bible refers to that as the renewing of the mind. And one of the things that we have to understand when we come from 
the, the kingdom of darkness. And biblically speaking, darkness represents ignorance. Yep. When we come out of the kingdom that's designed to keep you ignorant of God's will and God's way. When you think kingdom of darkness, think the kingdom, this kingdom is designed to keep you in the dark or to keep you ignorant of God's what God's methods or God's way as it pertains to living life here in the earth. So in this particular case, it's darkness as it pertains to God's mind for marriage. Mm. What God meant for marriage to mean to man. What God's mind is, what God's mind is towards husbandry and wivery. So when we when we see that we were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and, or the kingdom of ignorance and translated into the kingdom of light, light represents knowledge or the knowing of God's way and of God's will. So that's what light represents. So when we understand that, we're supposed to go from being ignorant of God's way into knowing God's way. In this particular case, as it relates to marriage. Marriage was meant to be God's empowerment mechanism for a husband and a wife, where the husband empowers the wife and where the wife empowers the husband and where they empower their children. Imagine, imagine, let's just take three generations. Okay. Imagine you empowering him and you empowering her and y'all empowering Ali, Ray, and Junie. And then Junie marries his wife he empowers her, she empowers him, they empower their children just like they were empowered. Allie marries her husband, she empowers him, he empowers her, they empower the children that they have. Mm -hmm. Ray does the same. Then their children repeats that same sentiment, that same activity, that same action, that same outcome. Imagine what, what the community would be like. The wealthiest family ever known does exactly that. Mm. On a on a, a it, from a worldly perspective, mm. did you did you did you see that um, that link I sent you about the Rockefellers? I I, I saw, it, but I didn't look at it. So the, it it was talking about how the Rockefellers have have continuously established and grown their wealth over generations, whereas I, there was another uh, big Vanderbilt's. the Vander the Vanderbilts um, lost theirs over like it took four generations or something like that to lose theirs, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. But but what what the Rockefellers did they, they had a system to where each person of the family could borrow against a, 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 mm -hmm. a trust, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But each one of them carried a policy that would pay all of everything that they borrowed back into that trust when they passed. Mm -hmm. So essentially what you're talking about, it's 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 being executed from from a worldly perspective already. And, and they are the wealthiest family ever known. Mm -hmm. Right. So what you're talking about is a is a is a biblical principle. It's a it's a God. It's God's design. Mm -hmm. And that's that. Like, imagine this. His design is supposed to operate at a higher level than even that. 100%. Like, what does that say about God's design? Right. 100%. What we have to come into, as you just brought out, is the awareness of that, yeah. the understanding of that, the knowledge of that. The problem is we don't understand in this particular compartment of marriage, God's mind for marriage or what God meant for marriage to be. If we don't see marriage as an empowerment mechanism, we actually position ourselves for failure in marriage. Yeah. Because who's supposed to help her overcome whatever it is she needs to be overcome, whatever challenges she faced to be the wife that she's supposed to be. Who's supposed to help him overcome whatever challenges he faced that prevented him from being a Hebrew husband he's supposed to be? That's the wife. So when 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 you see this as men, like, like 
That's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Her weaknesses, her challenges. If you be in a role, if you be yeah, in a yeah, role, yeah. that's you, my privilege. That's my privilege. That's right. That's my privilege. Like, like, like that. I gotta see it as that. Yeah. Right. What that does, that stops me from complaining about your deficiencies. Yep. That stops me from from complaining about his deficiency and saying, "Man, how can I help him overcome that? Mm-hmm. How can I help him fix that? How can I bring him to the place where that don't disrupt our peace and our harmony?" Yep. And when we when we think about like, I'm empowered to fix that. Yep. Yep. The most disempowering thing that people get put in their minds on, on, on early, they get put in their minds early through religion, is that. They aren't the ones with the power God is. <laughs> right. Imagine what that does for a husband. It's just like me. I just got to accept it the way it right, is. Right, right. I got to do, do it. it. God, right. God, can you yeah. please? <laughs> right. No, no, that may be that may be a situation where where she's not she's not open to it or she's not willing to do it or he's not. That's one thing. If they're not submitted to God, that's that's one thing, right? But when you have what you're supposed to have, a husband and a wife that's submitted to the transformational process of being a, a heroic husband or a wondrous wife, then then we can we can look at it from the standpoint of man, I I, I can make that happen for her. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm it's a part of my privilege, duty, responsibility as a husband to bring her into this state of being that I know God wants her to come into. If we don't see marriage as this empowerment mechanism, we're going to fall short of what my role and my... Hey, what's up, fam? Today's Winners One podcast is brought to you by our Coffee in the Morning Club. Listen, they say right now the divorce rate is anywhere between 58 and 62% depending on the community or the culture you grew up in. But they say that rate is drastically reduced if you are a couple who finds a community of like-minded couples. We have a Coffee in the Morning Club marriage enrichment community of couples who are driven to have a faith-based marriage. This is a marriage that's based upon the principles that God ordained for marriage to be about. If you want your marriage to be drastically reduced from running into chaos, confusion, and trouble, you need to be joining this community. It's our Coffee in the Morning Club community that will enrich you and empower you and strengthen you to win and make marriage easy. Responsibility is as a husband right. or as a wife. Right. We have to see it as a mechanism for empowerment so that she can be the woman God has called her to be. He can be the man God has called him to be. He can be the husband God wants him to be. She can be the wife, mm-hmm. the mother, the businesswoman, whatever it is. But but if we see it as, you know, oh, it's me and I got to suffer through this and I got to sacrifice this and I can't, I just ain't going to never have this and this ain't going to never happen. Like, no, figure it out. Exactly, exactly. It's like, like we, the, the, the second you put the onus on the spouse is the second you start to suffer more than more than the spouse. Right, right. And then we hit the marriage is hard. and Yeah, it's hard because you're allowing it to be hard. Right. Right? So so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, and we still talk about the um, the, the change in subject matter, Kaden, but we're going to talk <laughs> about uh, marriage as God's mechanism of empowerment. And there's four point or five five different points that I want us to hit over these next several sessions. One is defining marriage once again, defining what faith-based marriage is. We can never, we can never talk enough about the definition of what marriage is and, and what faith-based marriage is. Um, we were saying this, we were saying this yesterday, I think it was yesterday, this morning, that marriage is a faith-based activity. 
if you try to function marriage, operate marriage, or live marriage, and enjoy the the the, the aspects of marriage like you want to, without doing it by faith, mm-hmm. you will fail. Because marriage was designed, and all of the components, all of the branches, all of the different aspects of marriage was designed to operate through the mechanism of faith. We just spent four or five sessions talking about uh, what faith-based marriages is. So go look at the um, those those previous podcasts. But but when we define it, we define marriage as the mechanism for a husband and a wife to enjoy the intimacies the pleasures, the power, and the purpose of oneness, of oneness. Remember, because the end goal for marriage is not a house, two children, two and a half children, and a dog. That's not the end goal for marriage. I know that's the American dream, right? That's not it. The end goal for marriage is oneness and all the glory and all the grace and all the power associated with oneness. See, and that's another thing we eventually we're going to have to talk about. Because most folks' goal for marriage is just wrong, mm-hmm. and when they when they attempt to accomplish um, what they thought would be the dream marriage, one without doing it by faith, and two without the goal of oneness, they get disappointed, mm-hmm. and disaster sets in, mm-hmm. and that 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 tension between what I have and what I want, and what I dreamed of having, and it seems so elusive and so far away that eventually you just get so too frustrated to the point where you get ready to quit. Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to give specifically the faith-based community God's end goal for marriage was you to come into this place of oneness so that you can accomplish God's purpose for putting you in the earth. The greatest picture we have of oneness and the outcomes of accomplishing a particular plan or purpose is God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. We see those they, the, those three are one. They were one in their purpose for restoring and redeeming man back to his original position so that the plan of God can be ultimately fulfilled in establishing his kingdom in the earth. That's always been God's plan. It would be through His, through, through the Him, himself, uh, the Son, and Holy Spirit that man would have dominion in the earth. Because we failed, that had to be restored. So then it came the plan of redemption. That plan was to be executed, initiated by the Father, multiplied and executed by the, by the Son, and then, and then established practically or manifested in the natural by the Holy Spirit with the, with, the, with the cooperation of man. So when we see that plan, like that's the, that's the, that's the perfect picture of oneness. Well, it's the same thing for a husband and a wife. The purpose for our marriage initiates from God. As the husband, I initiate that purpose. As the wife, you multiply it and you perfect that purpose. And then we go forth, we go forth in that unison, in that oneness to make it happen. Every, everything man naturally desires as it relates to companionship, as it relates to the physical pleasures. Mm-hmm as it relates to establishing the economic strength, comes through oneness. Mm. And with most marriages, that's what's missing. It's, this, it's the oneness. It's the oneness. It's the connection that comes with oneness. The harmony that comes with oneness. The peace that comes with oneness. Yeah. The joys that come with oneness. The pleasures that come with oneness. That's what they're looking for. 
You're trying to experience all of those things without oneness. And so we, we, we're going to talk about that. Um, the second thing we're going to talk about is that what God meant for man means to marriage. What God meant for marriage to mean to man. Companionship, partnership, and I made up a word here, Caitlin. Conquership. <laughs> I mean, that's not unusual. That's typical. It's right? Typical. Yeah. Right, it's typical. Right? Um, and the idea of conquering together. Mm. Right? So that's what God intended for marriage to mean to man. Companionship, partnership, and conquership. Right? Then we're going to talk about what how, how husbandry is a position of empowerment. How wivery is a position of empowerment. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about how Christ empowered his, his church. Because that's the methodology that a husband empowers his wife and that a wife empowers her husband and that the husband and the wife empowers the children. The method is the same. But if we aren't aware of that method, if we don't know the method, if we're not sure of the method, then we won't implement the method. Right. It's like we gave the definition of um, religion today out of Romans, the 10th chapter, when it talks about Paul says, he says, he says um, my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He says, for I bet them record that they have a zeal for God. But it's not according to knowledge, mm -hmm. right? For they, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, go about to establish their own righteousness. Therefore, they don't submit themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's religion in a nutshell. Me as a husband, me as a husband, attempting to please God with my husbandry based on what I think husbandry is. Right. Instead of me finding somebody who know what God's mind for husbandry is, Going to the word of God for myself and discovering what husband you're supposed to be, and then and then doing doing my husbandry in the course of what God calls husbandry. Right. Because because if we really, if we really, if we really, if we really want to do it right, my my primary goal is not to please her. Right. Your primary goal is not to please him. That's not the primary. Like if I'm if if, if my husbandry if my husbandry is pleasing to him, it should be pleasing to her. Right. Because she wants you to function in husbandry the way God wants you to function in husbandry. Right. See, see, but unfortunately, most couples, most husbands, most wives want it to be about them. But that's what you're talking about now. Hey, what's up? Coach D here. Listen, I got something I need to say to you real quick. Listen, marriage is made for lovers. Now, once you understand that marriage is made for lovers and you're not listening to them folks that keep saying you need more than love to make marriage work, you have to identify as a lover. Once you identify as a lover, now you got to learn what love is. Guess what? We have something for you that can help you understand exactly what love is in its most comprehensive nature. It's so much more than just an emotion. But you got to get the book to find out exactly what God's intent was for love and how it functions. Thanks. Get the book. God bless. But that's the essence of the overflow, isn't it? Like that's when, we, when you talk about how a husband, because uh, uh, remember, we, we kind of created a, a chart, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's, you know, God mm -hmm. and, and then the husband mm -hmm. and then the husband's love overflows onto the wife mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the wife to the children. Mm hmm. So when you're talking about that overflow, that's that's how it comes about. That's the process of it. If 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 right, and correct me if I'm wrong, like yeah. if, if the mindset is my my husbandry should be pleasing to God, that's that's that that pouring in that takes place, right? But right. then the overflow of that is what she feels, what she experiences. Right, 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 right. We we use it a lot, we we say this a lot of times as it relates to 
how we love, mm -hmm. right? My my over my my love affair with God spills over to my love affair first and foremost to my wife if, if you're married, um, but to to those who are around you, yeah. like like they actually they don't get the best of love. <laughs> <laughs> like ain't nothing like me and God. It, like yeah. ain't nothing like yeah. that. Like ooh, that's like that's like real good. Like yeah. you you just getting the overflow of. of but like, even the overflow is so, so good. good. Like yeah. like you get the overflow of this, this goodness yeah. that I'm experiencing. Right, you get it just spills over. Um, but the husband, the 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 overflow. The idea is if my if, if my goal as a husband is for God to say my husband is pleasing to Him. Well, good, well done, my good and faithful son. Your husbandry is pleasing to me. Pfft, easy. Like, please beyond measure. <laughs> mm. Like, please beyond measure. Yeah. But if I focus on pleasing her and trying to please her, then I'm on my problems. I'm my problems. Right. Right? But the problem is she has to have an understanding of what husband you look like from God's perspective. You gotta have an understanding of what wivery looks like from God's perspective. So, so her her wivery, you're not the first person she's trying to please with her wivery. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask it this way. Mm -hmm. Why? Why why do why does she need to know? Husbandry, what husbandry looks like from God's perspective, and why do I need to know what wivery looks like from God's perspective? Because you have the wrong expectation. You have the wrong expectation. Your expectations will be off. Because you might be expecting him to do something that that doesn't fall under the parameters of what God is intended for him to be, but will fall under the parameters of, what's, of what the divorce culture thought it, thought it would be. Right? You you might want him. You might want him to, you know, uh, father you instead of husbandry you. Right. Right. You might want him to act like your your little brother or do stuff that your little brother might do. You might want him to um, um, play a position or, 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 or act out a role that it wasn't intended for him to act out. So we got to have God's perspective, and she has to understand it just like you have to understand it. Right. So when we see it like that, though, now, now my expectation of husbandry and how he's supposed to love me and how he's supposed to, right? And now your expectation of wivery is in line with what God's is. So I had this thought. Tell me what you think about this. Yeah. When I heard that, and the reason I asked that question is because my, my, my thought was if, if I know from God's perspective— who she's supposed to be, I can then see exactly what I'm supposed to be speaking to her, exactly how I'm supposed to be encouraging her, empowering her. Every like that gives me definition to to everything that I do behaviorally, culturally, and in and, and in the way that I love to to make sure that I'm can I say bringing out. The full, the fullness mm -hmm. of, of that's the proper way to say it. Bring, bring out the fullness of her of her wivery. Yeah, right. And, and same thing, vice versa. She'll be able to see everything that I'm supposed to be, and and speak to that, and 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 you know, multiply the culture of that, and 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 you know, bring that out of me. Right. You just so I, I spoke I spoke to it from from one level. Now you just took it to the next level. 
The first level is to deal with my expectations so I don't have wrong expectations. The yeah. second level is to empower her, is to bring her to, into the right expectation, right? I, I share all the time about my example of when I, when I saw Proverbs 31 and, and I'm sitting there reading and, and I, I remember like it was yesterday, Leslie was, you know, she was sitting over there sleeping. She was sleeping good like she, you know, <laughs> you and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reading my Bible. It's probably one, two, one o'clock in the morning. It's, 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 I mean, it's, you can hear a pin drop. It's, it's, it's nighttime silent, right? Mm. And so I'm, I'm reading and as I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. I, I'm listening for the voice of the Spirit. And as I'm reading, as I'm, and I get to Proverbs 31, and it's like, it's like the words came up off the page. And I, and I was looking at them like, man, I'm blanking. Is it me? And then I, I, hear, I hear voices, that's who she is. And it's quiet. I say, that's who she is. Mm -hmm. And I get excited. And I look at Leslie. I say, she's sleeping. I said, this is who you are. And I start reading the scripture to her. Well, she was sleeping. I started reading Proverbs 31 to while she was sleeping. This is who she is. I couldn't wait till she woke up the next morning. I couldn't wait to tell her, like, guys, this is, who, this is, we was probably, we was probably married. We weren't even married a year yet. I was yet. just going to ask, how long were y'all? We weren't even married a year yet. We had just, we had just moved, we just left Buffalo and, and went to Chicago. We weren't even married a year yet when God showed me, this is who she is. At the time, she wasn't being none of it. Mm. I mean, she was being mouthy. She was being attitudinal. She was being... Neck popper, she That's was being West Side. Attitudinal. Is that a word? No. <laughs> Attitudinal? Attitudinal. Attitudinal, whatever it is. Yes. Right. She was she you know, she was being she was being she wasn't being Proverbs 31. But I saw it. And now my expectation is in line with God's. She saw it. She embraced it. And now it's more of now it's more of you need to stop being this because you're getting on my nerve to, you need to be this because this is who you are. See, the language for empowerment is different than the language of disempowerment. Right. Right? The language of disempowerment is you need to stop doing this and you, you need to stop doing that and, and you're getting on my nerve doing that. That ain't empowering. We think it is, but it's actually disempowering. When you want to, the language of empowering is more in the direction of this is who you are. This is what you can be. This is what you're supposed to do. This, why are you doing? That ain't who you are. Why are you acting all impatient? That, you're a patient man. Oh, I'm a patient man. <laughs> you're right. I'm a patient man. Right? When you start speaking like that, like, and we're going to get into that as, as, but like one of the first things, let me run out of minutes. One of the first things we see a husband do in the word of God was empower his woman. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first things Adam did. Wow. Was empower Mrs. Adam. <laughs> by saying, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. Yeah. I get to play with that all day. Hey, what's up, fam? I want to thank you first of all for watching our podcast. Now, secondly, I want to give you some information that is very important. I was recently talking to a couple and as we were assessing their marital situation, they came to the conclusion that the problem that they were dealing with was because they hadn't laid the proper foundation to build the marriage that they wanted to build. I said, that's exactly right. And I have a solution for you. 
we put together a marriage mastery curriculum that establishes a foundation that will enable you to build the marriage you desire. We talk about things as far as your identity as a lover. We talk about how to build a culture of love. We talk about heroic husbandry. We talk about one driver. We talk about edifying communication. We talk about grace-filled communication. Like we talk, we cover so much in this curriculum that it's going to put you on a path to be marriage masters. Now, what I need you to do is click the link in the description. This is going to give you some more insight in just how you can enroll right now into our course. If you are newlywed, if you just engaged, if you recently married, this is a great course for you. You need to check it out. We got a great price for you. We got a payment plan that you can enroll in. So go now, click the link below and get more information. And I'll see you in our Marriage Masters University. I get to chase that around this woods all day. That's mine. Yeah. She belonged to me. She coming to my place. <laughs> she coming to my spot. Let's go sit down under that tree over there. <laughs> she coming to my spot. <laughs> Listen, you see the eyes on that thing. You see the toes on that thing. You see the nails on. You see the hips on that thing. You see that. God, that's you. You wait, wait. I'm gonna call a woman because you brought her out of me. See when he when he named her. He empowered her mm-hmm. because names represent authority and activity. Yep. The word, the word woman is derived from the same word as man. In the Hebrew, it means champion. It means conqueror. It means overcomer. It means winner. He named her. Mm-hmm. He started talking to her like she was a winner. He started speaking to her like she was a champion. Yeah. He empowered her. Husbands, empower your wife. Speak to her like she's a champion. Let her know. It's, it's how you let her know she's not doing something that you don't like or that you dislike or that you would like. It's how you let her know. It's not that you can't let her know. It's how you let her know. You have to let her know in an empowering way. Right. Not in, a, not in a way that makes her think you are either unhappy with her or has this disdain for her. Don't, you got to say it to her in a manner that makes her feel like, he telling me that because he loves me. Mm. Baby, that ain't who you are. Why you, why you, why you acting so attitudinal? Mm. <laughs> I don't think you're worried. Right? Poking the bear when you just poking the bear. That, you, you, you ain't, I, I don't read nowhere in the world where, where you, I, don't, I ain't see that in Proverbs 31. I say that to Leslie all the time. <laughs> I ain't see that. I ain't see that in Proverbs thirty-one. <laughs> she exactly what you just did. She can't do nothing but laugh. She can't do nothing but laugh because because she know she know. Like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break some things. We're gonna through this through these next couple of sessions. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring healing. We're gonna bring deliverance. We're gonna break some we're gonna break some some strongholds that that these marriages have. Because we're going to change their perspective on what marriage is. It's an empowerment mechanism that's going to produce power. That's going to have them feeling like, man, I can do this. I can empower her. I can make him a winner. I can make him be what he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Right? We're going to have that. Right? So it starts with defining marriage, understanding what God meant for marriage to be the man, 
husbandry as a position of empowerment, wivery as a position of empowerment, and we're going to see what Christ did to empower his church, and all we got to do is mimic his behavior. And we'll have the same thing, the same power, the same pleasure, fulfilling the purpose, and enjoying the intimacies of oneness. Mm -hmm. I'll give you eight seconds. That was perfect. Yeah. Proud, you. Seconds. Proud of you. No, you did good. No, that's really good. I can't wait to, to dive deeper into that. So mm -hmm. make sure you are tuning in. Make sure if you haven't subscribed, you do. That way you can get these uh, notifications as soon as the videos are posted. Any last thoughts? That's it. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.